This podcast is brought to you by CEW at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor as we work to serve our community during this unprecedented time of change. Resiliency is best demonstrated in times of challenges. Join CEW Director Tiffany Mara as she talks to students, staff, faculty, and community members connected to the University of Michigan Center for the Education of Women Plus in this new podcast, Strength in the Midst of the Pandemic. this call today to share your experiences related to COVID and all that's going on in the world. The purpose of this project is to capture stories of how the coronavirus has impacted our lives, including challenges, moments of pride, and strengths for others to learn from. The main audience for this podcast will be students who have child or elder care responsibilities so that they can hear stories of others to assist as they navigate self-care and the care of loved ones. So, Ashley, I'm very honored to be able to speak with you today about your experiences related to COVID-19 and also about your experiences as a mother, a postdoc, as a caregiver, and all that that entails. Um, I have no doubt that others will be able to learn from your strategies of how you've coped and demonstrated resilience and that they'll be able to carry forward with them your wisdom as they face their own struggles. So would you please introduce yourself and then describe what your old normal looked like pre-COVID and how that has shifted as a result of all of the transitions going on? Sure. So my name is Ashley Kalinski. You might also see me as Ashley Curran. That's my married name. And I've been a postdoc at the U of M in the medical school for five years now. And I am actually on my way out to a faculty position which I will be starting this fall at Ball State University, so I'm really excited about that. I have two toddlers, one I had during graduate school, and then the second I had during my postdoc. Um, going from one to two is definitely a humongous change. Now I feel totally outnumbered. Before, before COVID happened, our day was really strict in routine. We actually woke up around 5.30 in the morning. I dropped the kids off at daycare at 6.30 in the morning, made my way to the lab. Um, I stayed there for about 10 hours, 9, 10 hours, depending on the day. My husband would pick up the kids, and then we would, you know, make dinner, hang out a little bit, and then he would do bedtime, and usually we would just relax after that. Um, since COVID happened and I'm out of the lab, our routine is, is nothing. <laughs> we have no routine, to be honest. Uh, we wake up at different times during the day. Um, I try to check my email while they're eating breakfast. I, I don't think I've actually eaten breakfast in two months now because I found it's the only time I can actually get any work done while they're distracted in the morning. After that, they're kind of wild and crazy, and I'm just doing my best trying to keep up on meetings and keep them occupied. I feel terrible because I feel like with them missing school and their friends, they're not getting the same enrichment as they would if they were there. But again, doing my best. The other thing that also recently happened is my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, and so I've also been partly her caregiver as well. So I'm spreading myself between trying to get some work done, which I don't even know really what that looks like anymore, taking care of my kids, and also helping with my mom going through chemo. It's hard. I am dying for a routine. I am missing sort of that confinement that we used to have, but we're trying. But that's kind of kind of where we are, I guess. Yeah, so if you can think back to kind of when things were a bit more normal and scheduled, you know, how have your thoughts or concerns shifted as a result of all of the change that's happened in your life? Yeah, before I think I was so focused on the littlest things, 
I found myself always getting frustrated if there were dishes in the sink or if I didn't get enough cleaning done or what experiments I was doing and how I could be spending more time in the lab. And then when I wasn't in the lab, I was wishing I was in the lab. But when I was in the lab, I was wishing I was at home with my kids. And I never thought I was sort of giving my all to anything. And then I realized that all of those things were so small compared to what I'm thinking about now thinking about how to keep my kids safe, how to keep us safe from what's going on. The cancer thing, everybody who's dealt with that, that's a huge unknown and a major concern. But now I don't find myself thinking about the dishes or how dirty my grout is in the bathroom, although scrubbing it with a toothbrush is sometimes very soothing um, and calms me down a little bit. But I'm thinking about how can I spend more quality time with my family, uh, especially when we do go back. I'm lucky that I get to spend this amount of time with my kids. We have new games and sort of fun things that it's just the three of us who get to do all day. And I don't want to miss that anymore. And so I'm hoping that the little loss of control that I've experienced will actually help me be a more flexible person in the future. Yeah, so what new strategies have you made to connect with your kids more in this period? We've turned to cooking a lot. So I've always liked to bake, not so much cook. Baking's been more of my thing. But we've been watching some competitive cooking shows and with kids in them. And my five-year-old especially is like, oh, can we try and make that? Or I want to do that. And so we've kind of let that curiosity just, in the kitchen so if they want to make cookies one day I, I mean I have no reason to say no right what else are we doing so it's been really great to teach them and since my five-year-old can't really read she she knows the letters now and she's trying to put things together it's actually kind of helped her work on letters by looking at the recipes and try to figure out what the words are or the measuring um my two and a half year old she just wants to lick all the batter but she's the best taste tester in the world so she makes you feel really good about what you make because she thinks everything is amazing which is awesome and then you know we play outside as much as we can too and usually we're going on scavenger hunts and digging for worms um and i found i let the kids get as dirty as possible and it actually makes them happy so i'm not so concerned about it anymore and that that's helped us cope quite a bit That sounds like you're integrating science into your kid's life in ways that wouldn't necessarily happen in school or at daycare. Yeah, definitely. I've found myself trying to explain concepts to them. My daughter actually asked me about the sunset the other day. She said, why is it always just pink and orange? How come it's not green? And I found myself trying to think of some sort of answer to that. I was it's just so happy that she was so curious about it, that she's observing the world around her. I, I thought it was amazing. In all that you've experienced, um, what would you say has been your greatest challenge? Letting go of control. There's a lot of things I am not in control of right now, and it is hard. It is it is very hard. And uh, I, I struggle with it quite a bit, um, but I feel myself slowly giving into it and trying to be a little more flexible. And and I hope that that will make me a better mom and a better partner and maybe even a better scientist, trying to go with the flow a little bit more. And I think the creativity has kind of come out of that a little bit. 
Um, we've been, you know, coloring with chalk and things, and I find myself trying more, trying to paint more or do things that are more creative that I know I never would have done before because I was too hesitant to sort of let go of, of any control that this wasn't going to be perfect. So I'm hoping that this challenge will make me better in the future. Yeah, so when you think about, you know, some of the baby steps to getting to where you're at now, where you're painting and you're doing sidewalk chalk and stuff like that, what was the first baby step that you took that others might be able to try? I think the first thing it was, especially with the kids, because my whole world is sort of revolving around them right now, is they asked to jump in the puddles one day, and normally I would say no because I'd have to clean them up and then there would be a mess everywhere, and I was just like, you know what, okay. And I let them just jump in the puddles for, I don't know, an hour or something. And they were so happy. And they were looking at what the splash patterns they made, like, all over the sidewalk. And I found myself like, why wouldn't I let them do this? And then so when they asked to dig in the mud or do anything, I've just found myself trying to say yes more than I say no. Um, and I think that has really it led to, to more things. Like, they want to make up fruit tart today well I've never made one but sure we have the stuff let's do it and I think just just saying yes can can lead to some new creative things that you might not have done before sure yeah no and all of this of taking care of others you know sometimes we forget about our own self-care have you found strategies for taking care of your own stress and anxiety through all of this you know what strategies have been working for you yeah, before I I had my hip issue, I would have turned to yoga, and I've I really missed that because yoga was my release from almost every stress that I could think of. I would go at lunch sometimes, or um, at the end of the day, or just download one from an app, um, and that was the best way. But I can't really do that right now, and I found myself being more frustrated with it. So I've turned to tasting new expensive coffees, which is something that um, I have a really bad habit in is buying a lot of very expensive coffee but it gives me at least 15 glorious moments to myself but the other thing is I've turned back to reading so I'm not reading scientific literature as much as I should um, but I'm reading books and I forgot just how much I love to read I read three books this weekend in the middle of the night and in the five minutes of break I find during the day and I feel good. I really enjoy reading. And it's, I've done that since I was a kid. And I was glad I finally just, just dove right back in. Um, and it's, it, it's helped quite a bit. Yeah, do you have a book you'd recommend for others? <laughs> oh, I love the Harry Potter series. I actually think I'm going to read them again. Um, but The Paper Magician is also similar to Harry Potter for people who like that. I like to get lost in these sort of fantasy worlds that are just happy and full of mystery. I, I really liked that series as well. Oh, let's check that one out. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. So, All right, now this, this question I'm finding people who are overachievers take a pause, which I find really interesting in that it's something that we should reflect on more often. It's about what you're most proud of. And so, you know, you've accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. You've adjusted, you've flexed your way of thinking about the world. What are you most proud of from the last couple months? That definitely is a hard question, and I might be a little selfish here in the answer, but I think it's that I've become a little bit more flexible. I am relatively uptight, I would say. My sister is much more easygoing than I am, 
But I really think that letting go of this uncontrollable control I feel like I need all the time has, I'm very proud of that sort of self-awareness. I mean, I've, I've noticed a lot of things that I do that are not very useful to my mental state, like worrying about how dirty the, the child that is. But letting go of that, I'm, I'm proud that I have backed off of that control a little bit. And I think my kids are happier for it. And I think my husband is happier for it as well. Um, and I'm doing better at living in the little moments that we have and not thinking about all the other things I need to do. And that was a really hard thing for me to do. The first few weeks, I couldn't compartmentalize anything and I couldn't be doing one thing and not thinking about something else. And I'm very proud that I haven't been doing that very much lately. So it might be selfish and it's not some grand thing, but for my mental state, I think that that was a very big achievement for me. Oh, I'd agree. Yeah, we're all so fixed in our ways and in our way of seeing the world. I'm the same way, like I'm a clean freak. And that's completely out the window, like dishes are stacking up now. And I'm like, eh, I'll get to it later. You know, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Exactly. It's, yeah, it, and it's not, right? For the longest time, it felt like those were the end of the world, but it's not. Who cares if they're sitting there for two days? Exactly, exactly. So what made you decide to dedicate, you know, 30 minutes of your time to talk to me today? What motivated you to do this interview? So I recently joined the Postdoc Association family group. And the whole time I've been here at the postdoc, we've talked about people who have families and dependents, and we've never really dove into how parents are feeling. It's not been a huge priority, although people try to say that they are always thinking about their postdocs with families, but, but I don't think anybody really is. And I've noticed how, how I don't know, how much more obvious it is that uh, postdocs with kids are seen as less than compared to postdocs who can dedicate all of their time. And I just wanted to shine some light on how different our world really is and that how dedicated we are to everything that we do, that we're just as passionate about our science as we are about our families, and that we are living in this world where we are doing a million things, and we are awesome for it. And these postdoc parents are awesome. And they don't deserve to be pushed to the side. They deserve to be right there alongside everyone else. We, they are some of the best of the best scientists and people I have ever met. And I am I'm so proud to, be, proud to be part of that group. And I, I just want to shine a little more light on how awesome these people are. Yeah, that's a great reason. Um, I completely agree. Students who are raising kids, uh, who are taking care of their parents, who are taking care of grandparents, postdocs who are doing like double duty, it's amazing what y'all are able to accomplish in the same 24-hour day that the rest of us have. It's quite something to to watch um, and quite inspiring. Do you have a favorite quote or something inspirational you'd like to share with people who are listening? The only thing I can really think of is just keep swimming. We watch story all the time uh, in Nemo, but it's so simple. But I think that sometimes we just need to step back and remind ourselves to just take one more step each day. Just keep going forward and we will accomplish anything. And I think especially during these times, like we are, we are very strong 
and stronger than we think we are, and we will we will get through it if we just just keep swimming. Yeah, I love that quote. Yeah, Dory's such a great character. <laughs> um, Ashley, thank you so much for your time and for participating in this project. I truly am honored to get to speak with you, and you know, hope we can stay in touch beyond this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Really love what you're doing here, and I think that this whole series that you're doing is amazing. So thank you for also doing it. Thank you for listening to CEW's podcast, Strength in the Midst of the Pandemic. To learn more about this episode or the services and virtual programming offered by CEW, please visit cew.umich.edu. Here at CEW Plus, we navigate circumstantial barriers by providing academic, financial, and professional support to help you reach your personal potential. Established to support women through higher education, we lift up women in all underserved communities at the University of Michigan and beyond. Through career and education counseling, funding, workshops, events, and a diverse, welcoming community, we exist to empower. We are CEW, and we are here to help you reach your potential. The University of Michigan resides on the traditional territories of the three fires peoples, the Ojibwa, Odawa, and Potawatomi. 